I'd like to welcome this episode's special co-host, our good friend, Cody Elft. I'm sorry, did somebody say my name? We're putting you on what we like to call Sudden Death Podcast Probation. Could I see some documentation on that, please? Maybe I'm spending too much time hosting podcasts and writing up lists. I should probably be trying to score chicks. Did you invite that kid to your birthday? Cody, I'll pull your head out you. What? You're about to shape up, boy? Podcasting does funny things to men. It's our podcast, Cody. Mine, too. Below the Bible Belt. I like your Walmart uniform, James. These are OR scrubs. Who are they? The bookings are getting closer. <laughs> you were mentioning uh, your time in college earlier. I remember. That's true. Yeah, I know it's true, because I said it, motherfucker. Oh, you did. I remember you telling us a while back about the house you stayed at during your tenure there. <sighs> Derp house. So appropriate, I think. Name. What we call it. That's like a 20, it's what you call a 21st century animal house, I think. It was to that level on some days. Let's break this down. I li- originally lived in dorms, you know, first two years. And my friends decided we should get a house because we can do whatever we want. We can be our own masters. And they picked out two places for me to choose from. One. You, they gave you this power. Why? Well, you? No, because I the choice, and then they took it away when I picked incorrectly. Oh, okay. So it was a sham. The first option was on uh, Water Street, which is where every bar in Eau Claire is. Like, it's elbow-to-elbow bars. And there was actually a deli snuck in there with apartments above it. We could have lived above a deli. (laughs) Wow. Next to bars. That is, that is like, uh, yeah. Mm. I don't care about the bars. I don't care about the bars, it's the deli. Yeah, I was excited. Ham sandwiches every day. Exactly. So my vote was for the deli. We did not move into the deli. Instead, they picked another place. I didn't actually see this place in person when they signed up for it. I just saw it from Google Maps. You saw the God's eye view of it. Do you know how many life choices I've made based on Google Maps? Yeah, like, and we just, we called it Derp House just from the pictures because uh, one of the windows looked kind of funky, like the blinds were half up, so it looked (laughs) like it had a lazy eye. Little did you know how appropriate that name would be. Yeah, the outside is far classier than the inside, which is the sad part. So let me let me cons- let me bring you into my memory palace. Oh God, I don't want to go. You're in Eau Claire. This is like a town of eighty thousand, which for me is a big town, and I'm all excited because I'm going to be living in my own apartment for the first time, be my own man, living with four guys, one apartment. It's going to be crazy. As you pull into the parking lot, and by parking lot, I mean hole in the ground big enough for three cars. <laughs> Which is a problem because there were four of us and we all had cars. <laughs> so somebody's car had to stay on the roof. Yeah. One of the cars basically was just parked out on the road, which is a problem because they do every other day parking in the winter. Like, you have to park on the even side when it's a Monday, odd side when it's a Tuesday. And if you don't, you get a $10 fine. Anyway, to get to the house, you go down this alleyway that's not really a road. And it's not paved. It's just a bunch of gravel and a bunch of potholes. It's kind of like, just imagine you're in Vietnam and they just finished mortar bombing the whole <laughs> There's all the gravel. It's normally the, all the holes are filled with water. One time I couldn't get out of my parking space because there was a duck taking a bath. <laughs> he was there to warn you about the frogs. Yeah. You're doomed, no frogs. doomed. No frogs in Eau Claire. I miss the city. So you, you, that's, that should give you an idea right away. Like, you're going up and down just trying to go on the road. It's so bouncy. Your suspension's crying in pain. And you pull into the parking lot, which is just a widened area next to the garage, big enough for three cars, and there's a little chain-link fence around that. You pass the chain-link fence, and you see a canoe that is bike-locked to the fence. So someone <laughs> tries to steal your canoe. Why, why is there just a canoe there? Someone brought a canoe? A land canoe? It, well, I mean, you'd have to portage it a little ways. We're pretty close to the river. Was that like it just in case of a flood? Yeah, you it's... never know when you're going to need a canoe, James. Yeah, like, what? Like basic stuff. Like in case of a Wizard of Oz tornado, they can wave to Judy Garland? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just there. I never actually saw anyone use it. That's more of a more recent addition. Like, if you go there... Actually, not now, because everyone's moved out. But if you'd gone there a month ago, you would have seen it. <laughs> I'd like you guys at home to know that Cody does check in on this house periodically. 
Well, uh, the owner didn't take back some of the keys, and no one rented it out for next year. So, I mean, if stuff happens, stuff happens. <laughs> so if you plan on staying at this house at any point in the future, no, Cody can just pop in anytime he wants to. That's right. Just feed your dogs mysterious sausage, go through your clothes. You never know. I mean, whatever I feel like. So, okay, you pass this. You, you, I'm taking you on a tour here. I feel like Danny Elfman music should be playing right now. Bum, 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 bum. Dilly, 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 dilly. Oh, bum, bum. Cody. Okay, so there, there should be a sidewalk, but part of it's missing, so there's just mud. So you got to walk through some mud. But then you're pretty much up to the house. Uh, there, there's like a, there's an entryway that's not really the house yet, like a screen door, a porch that no one sits on, they just store their bikes. Uh, the ceiling is falling apart, like there are just strips of it hanging. There's a stack of pizza boxes that used to be about seven feet tall. That, that fell over at one point, and no one picked it up, so they were just... It's like, oh, they belong to the house now. All the pizza boxes are on the floor, you kind of step around those to get inside. There's a hole in the wall, a chunk of the wall just fell down, no one replaced it. I have to say that I feel like if, based on your description of this house, like, if someone were do, uh, dressing up a house for a stereotypical college movie, they would they would say no because this was too stereotypical. That That is very possible. Okay, so you open the door and you walk into Derp House proper. The first thing you see is the kitchen. You're in the kitchen. Now, depending on where you're standing in the kitchen, you're either the tallest person in the house or the shortest person. <laughs> because the floor has a big bubble kind of thing that goes in the middle. Uh, at one point, my roommates took off all of the doors to the cabinets so you could see what was inside. Like, if you needed to find a glass, you didn't have to open the cabinets because there were no doors. So that was kind of weird. But they live there. They should know where the drinks are. No, they just they took the doors off. This really is a college house. It wasn't about finding it. It was about convenience and quickness. Like You, you know how long it takes to open up a door? Come on. It's, I don't have time for that. They're enterprising young men. That's the same reason there was no door in the bathroom. So, uh, uh, next to the door is the fridge. Now, this fridge, we stocked with food when we moved in, and then never took that food out or ate it, apparently. <laughs> like, uh, uh, last time I was there, I opened the door, and the, the bottom container broke at one point, and they duct-taped it back in, but it still falls off every time you open the door. And that, that container holds, like, all their jams. <laughs> so, I opened the door, and, like, a bunch of jams fell out, and I picked them up, and I realized they'd been dated, like, expired 2011, you know, that kind of stuff. That's their jam collection, man. Yeah. So, oh, all oh, these different expired condiments and foods. Uh, I made the mistake of grabbing a bag of pepperoni out of there the last time I visited. <laughs> oh, God. Because I made appetizers for the cocktail party we had there. <laughs> it was a cocktail party at Dirt House. We thought it'd be hilarious, kind of like a clash of styles. God damn your aesthetic good intentions. <laughs> I made very fancy appetizers, and one of them involved pepperoni slices. Unfortunately, I grabbed the wrong bag, and these pepperoni slices had expired, which is amazing considering the preservatives put into pepperoni. I didn't think pepperoni expired. I thought it was like a Twinkie. No, it does, because I was eating it, and I felt like I was eating slime. <laughs> Meaty slime. Are you sure that just wasn't one of the many jams? It's possible. But yeah, this whole fridge is just stacked. Like, there's no room to put anything. There's like three gallons of Kool-Aid in there, and just, it's stacked, and everything's expired. At one point, someone put a jar of pickles in there, but they didn't screw the cap on tight. So pickle juice leaked into the bottom of the fridge and kind of turned into, like, this thick, oily, sticky goo. We tried to get one guy to clean it, and he almost threw up, so it just it mostly sat there. God, the house was fighting back. Fun story related to Southern stuff. This is actually also how grits were made. <laughs> pickle juice just fermenting. So we don't we don't like to get food out of the fridge. <laughs> I would think so. So after the fridge, there's, there's slime everywhere, I should mention. Like, there's mold growing in the sink. The the sink is just filled with mold and dishes that people haven't touched. How long did you live in the house? Uh, I lived in that house for a year and a half, and I technically uh, had the lease for another half year, but I, I wasn't there. I moved out. You got out while you still could. <laughs> yeah, well, I got a job. I graduated in three and a half years instead of the normal four, so uh, oh. I had like a half year where I didn't know what to do. You threatened to swallow a penny if your professor didn't pass you early. <laughs> I'm getting out of here now. But yeah, you said, like, the slime in that house was almost sentient. Like, you said you tried to de-slime the bathroom once, and... You're getting ahead of me on the Memory Palace tour. I am fucking sorry, tour guide, Cody. Okay, so... You, you walk out of the kitchen into the main living room. There are two living rooms and a three-season room. 
The main living room is where we would sit around and play Super Smash Brothers for hours. The couches we picked off of uh, other people who were throwing them away, and they were so old and beaten down that there were actual armrests like built into the side. Like we just smashed them down. The frame was no longer there; it was just kind of a wooden pulp, perfectly shaped like an arm. There was an arm indent in the armrest permanently. That just sounds cozy. It kind of was. Uh, so we had a couple of these really old couches. We used to have, um, I'm not sure what they're called, but, uh, you know, for, like, farming, like, you wrap, like, wire around them. I have no idea what this is actually called, but it's like a giant wooden spool that you, like, wrap wire around and all that kind of stuff. A post? Kind of, kind of like a post, I guess. We had one of those for a living room table. Because <laughs> you're so goddamn hip. <laughs> so we have one of those sitting, like, this big wooden table-ish kind of thing. Uh, we have a giant plastic M&M man. <laughs> because the house wasn't weird enough. Yeah, he's in the corner, and we put our, uh, uh, one guy had a Weezer Snuggie that he always stored in there and some pillows. So if you need to get cozy, you just go to the M&M guy, reach inside of him, and pull out the Snuggie. What, uh, what color M&M? Uh, he was the yellow M&M. Of course he was the yellow M&M. The derpiest of M&Ms. Something about it. I knew they had to be the yellow M&M. Yep, so we had him in the corner. Uh, sitting on top of the TV, we had what we called the badass hat, which was a tiny replica of the sorting hat from Harry Potter <laughs> with an elastic band. And if you won at a video game, you got to put on the badass hat and wear it as a mark of pride. I like this house. So we had that on top of the TV. The TV is like one of those gigantic old CRTs. Like, everything in this house we bought off of other roommates that had lived there and just didn't want to take out of the house. So then passed along for generations. Or we just took off the sidewalk because every year people move out and they just leave shit for other people to take. So this was a patchwork house. It, it, extremely patchwork. Uh, the art, though, a uh, zebra, a painting of a zebra. In one corner, there was a painting of a roadrunner eating a snake. <laughs> Wait, you sure that wasn't the Alf family crest? <laughs> it could have been. A variation of it. We just had weird things like that. There's one painting I'm pretty sure we have up sideways. One of my roommates brought this antique Santa Claus doll. <laughs> and it's it's got a wind-up key to the back. So you wind up the Santa, and he's got a bell in one hand, and he just... Oh god, I have one of those. <laughs> yes, but he's got like this really look- scary looking Santa face with bright blue eyes. Like he's like the Hitler idea of Santa. <laughs> but you would you would ring up the Santa, you'd turn him up, and he wouldn't ring necessarily. Like he would just sit there and wait. Yeah, mind if it's own. <laughs> yes, you would walk into the living room and all of a sudden you just hear like ching ching ching, <laughs> and the Santa would start like ringing, and the. The action of him swinging his arm to ring would actually cause him to wobble and move a little bit like he was walking. So he could actually turn and kind of stare at you a little bit if he just started ringing randomly. He wants to wear the badass hat. We actually had it on him for quite a while. Uh, then we just had like this pile of like fake black-looking web stuff. Someone just stuck on his head. I don't know what was going on there. I think it just appeared on its own. The darkness of the house manifested on him. It's possible. I don't, I don't know. There was a bag of Halloween stuff that I just left there, and it just stayed there for a couple of years, so it's possible. Uh, leaving the main living room and walking into the next living room, this is where we had some old bar stools that you could just sit on, but there wasn't, like, a bar or anything. <laughs> uh, you had an imagination bar. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention, in the first living room, I put a dresser downstairs because I didn't want it in my room, and it just sat there for, like, a year. So there's a dresser also just blocking one of the windows. It's like your house is haunted by stuff. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of appears. Anyways, the second living room, there, there's a, an old wooden table. There are these wooden chairs that are constantly falling apart and missing parts, so you don't really want to sit on them if you can avoid it. Uh, there's a giant, like a giant cardboard sign stolen from the theater department with like a lion face on it and some, I don't know, Latin, let's say, written on it. That takes up like an entire wall. I don't know how they stole it and got it out of the building. It's huge. So that nothing too crazy about that room, uh, except for the lights don't turn on. Uh, we had a form of Monopoly we called Derpopoly, where we just replaced everything on the board with derpy things from the house. Then there's the Three Seasons room, which one of the walls bust loose from the house and was just hanging there, and the landlord never did anything to. There was a storm, and the wall just shuck loose. This is where we normally smoke pipes. <laughs> you have a smoke room. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's all screen windows, so you just sit out there and, you know, relax. I put up some tiki lights so it's homey. <laughs> So you would sit there in the wallless room and smoke your pipe <laughs> under the light of the tiki lamps. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Like, the wall was still there, but it was separated by several inches from, like, the connecting point, like, where it should have been. Now, this piece only momentarily disturbed by the occasional visit from creepy Hitler Santa. 
<laughs> he was in another room. We didn't have to worry about him. He didn't walk that far. <laughs> but it's interesting because all the doorways in this place are designed by Tim Burton. Like, they, they're they much higher on one end than the other. There's a fish tank upstairs where you could tell because the water would be at the very top of the left side and about the midpoint on the right. Like, everything was just slanted in this house. Like, <laughs> half of it was sinking into the earth. Yeah, it's a very confused fish. Yeah. Uh, along one of the walls was a giant crack. Like, if you've seen Matt Smith's first season of Doctor Who, I'm pretty sure that's what was happening. <laughs> Just cracks in time. You, you would live near a crack in the universe. No, I shouldn't be. Yeah, the way you described this house to me the first time, it sounded like something from The Haunting. It sounded like some weird H.P. Lovecraft story. I can't make up my mind if this house is full of whimsy or if it's... The house of a serial killer. It could go either way at this point. The latter. Definitely the latter. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we had the smoking room, which uh, it was kind of nice. We had two couches in there. They were very beat down, but you could just sit down there and relax. Uh, a couple of dead potted plants, a couple of old broken TVs. <laughs> why, why, were, why were there dead potted plants there? You could throw those out. Because we had the plants, and they just didn't take off. But I don't think they had named them. Like, one was Chance, <laughs> and no one, no one had to throw Chance out. <laughs> What, would, you, would you do that if somebody died? Well, we can't throw Steve out. He's part of the house now. Yeah, exactly. He's one of the family. He became that dresser. He's part of the house. So, backtracking a little bit, off of the second living room is Paul's bedroom. Paul was one of the roommates. And, uh, I don't... I didn't spend too much time in there because that was his bedroom. Oddly enough, he had a door right behind his bed that led to the Three Seasons room. <laughs> I don't know who designed this. Like, okay, well, let's say you're sleeping and you want to hop up real quick and then go outside. This would be the fastest way. Also, Paul had a bathroom in his room. He was the only one to have a bathroom connected to his personal bedroom. We called this room the Smurf because the toilet was all blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? The toilet was entirely blue. Like, on purpose? Yes, it was like, that's just the color of the ceramic. It was blue. Not painted blue, it was blue. Made blue. <laughs> like out of crystal. And it was kind of frustrating because the toilet was very low to the ground, so you felt like you were going to clog it every time you took a shit. <sighs> It was and blue also, and the killer was brown, is what you're saying. <laughs> it looked so beautiful, you didn't want to defile it with your waist. This bathroom was too tiny to be a full-size... Damn it! These fucking disconnections. I'm going to blow my fucking brains out. <laughs> that will show the internet. <laughs> Basically, uh, this bathroom was also called the Smurf because it was too small to be a real bathroom. Like, if you open the bathroom door, you would hit the toilet before it was open halfway. So you kind of open the door, shimmy in, close the door... And then you could sit down, but your knees would probably be touching the door. Was it the office from being John Malkovich? Kinda. It was hilarious, though, because if you were drunk, you could actually just lean back against the door to brace yourself while you peed. It was very (laughs) relaxing. That sounds nice. It was, yeah. Uh, It's also kind of funny because Paul is, like, 6'2", and the shower was not designed for someone that tall, so he had to, like, crouch over if he wanted to shower himself (laughs) every day. That's why he's a hunchback now. Also, add to this... The ceiling is covered in spiderwebs and mold. Black mold and spiderwebs. Uh, there's a marker board where Paul had a to-do list, which I would just write your mom jokes on every time I went in there. Like, to-do, your mother. To-do, your aunt. To-do, and so forth. <laughs> you would write, and so forth. <laughs> I think I did at one point. One party, I just walked in there drunk, and I'm like, and so forth, and walked off. There's a sink, a little tiny sink. I don't think there was any soap, but there was a giant cup from uh, Dickies. If you've ever been to Dickies, the big yellow cup from Dickies was there, you know, in case you needed a drink. Was it filled with pennies at any point? No, I believe just water. You learned your lesson. Yeah. <laughs> the sad thing was the Smurf was the nice bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> the weird MC Escher bathroom that got smaller the further you went into it was the nice bathroom. Yes. So you start walking upstairs. And the stairs curve around to the second floor. It's interesting because this place was built in 1913, so the light switches are all... They're not switches, they're actual buttons that you push. Like, you click one in and another one pops out to turn the lights on or off. So it's entirely possible this house was inhabited by hobos during the Great Depression. (laughs) Maybe. I'm not saying no. So you you click on the lights, and it makes a very loud kutunk noise every time you turn the lights on, which is a little weird, kind of industrial. And you're upstairs, and you've got your bedrooms. And my room, I kept pretty spartan. It was not that interesting. If you walked in, I had a very large closet, though. Like, it was kind of a separate walk-in room. And I just took the Scream costume that I had, and I put it up on a hanger with a pair of boots. So, like, if you open the closet door, it just looked like Ghostface was standing there ready to stab you to death. Which I forgot to tell the people who subleased my house. Yeah, you told me the story that you just got a 
call from a girl in the middle of the night saying, I can't sleep in your bed because Ghostface is watching me. They're, they're basically like, this is not cool. I have like a giant behind the mask poster above the bed, which creeps people out and they stay there for the summer and Ghostface hiding in the closet. So as soon as you open the closet door, he's just staring at you. I like that you were subletting this place out in the summer. Well, yeah, I worked at home, so I didn't really need to be there for the summer. It's like, I don't go to the house at night in the dark. We don't go around those parts. <laughs> <laughs> so my room was pretty basic. You know, uh, I had a lamp on top of a blue tote. Uh, the other guy's room, you know, nothing too crazy about the rooms themselves. We have a fire escape that didn't have a ladder or anything, so you just have to jump two stories. Uh, the other bathroom was terrifying. Like, there's just so much slime and mold, like, growing inside the tub, on the ceiling. It turns out the landlord's solution to any problem was to paint it white. <laughs> so, if there was, like, a layer of slime, he would just paint it white before new tenants came in. If there was a fire, he'd just throw white paint on it. Probably. I would not be surprised. So, the, the entire room had just been several layers of white paint, but the mold was still growing over it and around it. The only thing on the floor, besides linoleum, was, like, this one-foot-long little fuzzy shark rug which was not enough to stop the water from getting everywhere. There were spiders all over this place in the corners, along the walls, mixed in with the slime. The slime was probably eating the spiders for substance. It's the slime's house now. <laughs> there's, a, there's a plastic cup in the corner of the shower that I don't think anyone ever drank out of, but it was slowly filling with slime water and soapy residue. There's about ten uh, bottles of shampoo just lined up against the wall because no one apparently ever finished one and took it out. They would just use it until it was almost done. That's any house. That's my house right now. Wow. I, I maybe have two, you know, until one's done, then I throw it out and I've got my back up. This one, they're all just there and empty. One thing of soap, which is the weird part. So there's all sorts of shampoo, not much soap. Um, During your time there, were you ever bit by a spider? With all the spiders? All I probably place. was. I, prob- I don't remember specifically being bitten by a spider, but I imagine I had to... That's why you have those spider powers now. Oh, I stick to walls. <laughs> I just thought it was good breeding. You just have, like, like really furry cheeks. That's the only side effect. That's actually true, yeah. <laughs> All the beard. Didn't you once try to battle the slime and failed? We did. My mom used to clean houses for a living, and she, like, just gave up. She tried, and she's like, it's impossible. This house cannot be cleaned. You broke her. The house broke her. It's like, you really freaked me out with this. You said one day you and your roommates scrubbed it completely clean, then came back the next day, and the slime <laughs> was back. Yeah, like you couldn't stop the slime. It would just return. They they tried they tried painting it, they tried scrubbing it, they tried bleaching it. Nothing will stop the slime. <laughs> That's what happened to all the green slime that was left over from Double Dare. They just had <laughs> it in your house. Uh, when you go over to the sink, people are just dumping water apparently over the sink because there's always like loose hair, bottle of soap there for like the last three years. Because every time it gets low, someone just fills it up with water again. So at this point, it's water that you're squirting on your hands, not actual soap. This entire house is like some weird social experiment. A little bit. If we have them wash their hands with soapy water, will they think they are clean? (laughs) There was no soapy water. It was just water. Uh, Underneath the sink, it was weird because there was one tiny garbage can, and it was so full, there was more garbage outside the can than in. (laughs) Like, it was just stacked all the way to the bottom of the sink, just... Like, so stuck together that it somehow stayed in the can and didn't fall apart. But you could t- clearly tell there was, like, two feet above the can and only a foot-long can. So by the time you ventured this far into the house, you've been so broken by everything you've seen, you just decide to stop being a human being and just live in your own refuse? You're just an animal at this point. You just, this is how life is. I don't know if I like this tour. Fun story about the bathroom. There's a blind in the bathroom. It's like one of those uh, old plastic sheets where you yank down and all zips up into a big roll. Well, someone left like two inches of the window uncovered. So I reach over while pooping to pull the sheet down. And the entire roll falls out of the window. (laughs) So I'm sitting there pooping and there's just a blind on the ground and the window's wide open. You know, if the neighbors are around, they can see me. What would the window look in on? Are you directly facing it? Pretty much, uh, my knees are facing the shower, and the windows to my left. They would get a nice profile. They'd be able to see all of me sitting down. There's a, there's all a, of you. there's a building directly next to us, and like, it, we're on the second floor, but the second floor has their kitchen in the apartment next to us, so like, whoever was eating a sandwich could have looked over just seeing You ruined someone's breakfast. So I'm like, you know, I'm having to stand up and get over there, 
and fumble with his fucking curtain to put it back in place. And for some reason, the curtain blind thing is like 10 feet long for a window that's like three. So I finally get it back up, and it's just rolled all the way across the room. Like, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I just have to <laughs> Why? Why did I choose to live next to that sorority house? Yeah. The toilet seat was also broken at some point. <laughs> like, it just cracked free from the uh, the base, like one half of it did. So it was still a toilet seat, but it just wobbled all over the place. Yeah. I had that experience recently. Judging by the rest of the house, I'm surprised your bathroom isn't just a hole in the ground with a burly German man staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it, about right. It'll, it'll get to that point, I'm sure, at some point in the future. Soon as uh, your landlord is revealed to be Werner Herzog. We all know that's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, uh, the house is kind of weird. We recently found out there's a crawl space, like an attic crawl oh, space. Someone's uh, been watching you this whole time from that crawl space. Like, his light burned out, and he replaced the bulb, and the light still didn't come back. So the landlord called in an electrician. The electrician went up, and they could just hear the guy going, What the fuck is this? Because <laughs> he pulled out, like, from where the light was, a bunch of stray wires, some dirt, some bolts, nuts, and just random crap. Where your roommate was trying to build a cyber, Cody? Or someone dies in a house fire. Like, it happens all the time. Like, what? House- when cut out, I just hear dies in a house fire. In Eau Claire, like, all the housing is terrible. Like, it's all very close together. It's all very old. So it's very concerning that our wiring was hanging on by just, like, a thread. <laughs> at that point, is it surprising, though? No, not at all. So, uh, yeah, we found out there was actually two ceilings. And one had just kind of rotted away, and they built another one over top of it. Yeah, this blew my fucking mind. Whenever you told me, your house has two ceilings, <laughs> a ceiling, and then on top of that, a second ceiling. Like, they just built another house on top of the first house. <laughs> it was like an extension of painted white. Like, what do we do? I just put another one over it. <laughs> it's like you're, you're living in old New York. Ceilingception. Oh. In like 30 years, you go back to the house, and it's already went through two more ceilings, so you have to crouch just to go down the hallway. It's a tower. Yeah, <laughs> we get to that point. I would not be surprised. We tried to get up there, but uh, the desk we were using fell apart, so I, I didn't get to explore. And then the chair we were using next also fell apart, so we didn't get a chance to get up there and look around. Fate did not want you to go in that crawl space. Yeah, it was a bummer. Were, I mean, it's bigger than a crawl space. It's just a very tiny hole to get in there. We always thought it was like an old abandoned chimney or something. It turns out it's actually just like this weird, weird crawl space and to get into the attic. Had the bodies of the previous tenants. Possibly. It's filled with thousands of creepy robo Santas. My God. <laughs> uh, here's here's a good dirt house story. We once had a pumpkin for Halloween. We carved it, and then it sat in the house for months. Like someone <laughs> because took it's it, dirt house. Someone took it upstairs and left it in the storage room right next to the fire escape, and just left it there for months. So I opened the door trying to find toilet paper because that's where we also stored our toilet paper. And just noticed a pumpkin that was melting into the floor. <laughs> so I go to tell my roommate, like, you should get rid of your pumpkin before it kills us all. Like, before it releases spores that gives everyone cancer. And he just kind of goes, ah, oh, all right. Because he works in the produce section of Walmart, so he's kind of used to rotting fruit. <laughs> and he tries to pick up the pumpkin to throw it in a plastic bag. But it... But it what? But it what? It was so rotten that he just, he tried to pick it up and his hands just slid through the skin. <laughs> It's a ghost of a pumpkin, though. It's like, do you guys remember in The Thing, where The Thing just shoves its hand into the captain's face and just morphs with him? <laughs> it was like that with a pumpkin. Are you sure it wasn't The Thing from another world? It could have been. it wouldn't surprise me. And eventually we get the pumpkin up, and it's terrible because it's just goo is coming out of this thing. Like, water's draining out of it. Pumpkin-y, gooey water. There's a stain in the carpet still. And we get it into, we try and get it into a bag, and we're like, fuck it, we're next, next to the fire escape. So we just open the door and throw it out of the second floor. <laughs> it smashes to the ground, and we just leave that pumpkin there forever. That's not the world's problem now. <laughs> that reminds me, there is one very important element of Derp House that you skipped over. I've been saving it. <laughs> that's the thing outside the window. Oh, you threw me off here. I was I was talking about the basement. What? Uh, <laughs> gotta give me more 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 hint here. What thing outside the window? You remember you telling me that there was a dead lawn chair? Oh yeah, we took a we had a lawn chair that broke, so we just threw it outside, and it just sat there forever. Uh, <laughs> See, there was that's a, a re- that's a recurring theme in this house. We threw it outside, and it sat there forever. 
Yeah, uh, there's an old grill that was there. There was a kiddie pool. There was some pool toys all just sitting outside. <laughs> Why was there a kiddie pool ever at your house? Because <laughs> it would get warm and we'd just chill in the pool. Did you have did, question? Did you have a pool noodle? There was a pool noodle yes. also out there. Um, what else? Oh, there's a trampoline. Uh, we just had that stacked against the side of the house after we broke it. <laughs> it seems like it, 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 it just had some holes. Like you could still kind of bounce on it, but it, it was going to give away. You I could just tell. imagine like your house if you had like a group team on. It was like Dirt House. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> Dirt House. We had a song. It was like our house in the middle of the street. Derp house. We've got spiders in the sheets. Derp house. And then you just keep making a rhyme off of that. I just feel like you're living in a junkyard at this point. It, it was a little bit like that. Like, stuff just appeared and sat around. It wasn't there, like, a jar of mysterious liquid that was never identified. That's in the basement. Uh, one weird thing. The garage was locked to us. We had no access to the garage. The landlord cleaned it out one time and just pulled out hundreds of mason jars. <laughs> So one of my roommates took the mason jars, and he just used them to drink out of. Those were his cups. That does actually sound pretty southern, so I'll give you that. Yeah, all right. I don't know what else was in there, but there was just a ton of mason jars. That's all we found out for sure. And we weren't allowed – we didn't have keys, so we couldn't store anything in there, and there were no windows, so we couldn't see inside. Anyways. It's a room full of mason jars because – a room full of mason jars. Like the TARDIS, it just provides. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I've, been, I've been saving the best part of the house for last, and that's the basement. Oh, God. Now, as you go down the basement, you have to crouch. Yeah, you, you can't walk through the basement if you're, like, more than five foot eight. It's just, it's very short. The switch isn't even right. <laughs> and the switch, the light switch, isn't even next to the door. Like, you have to walk down the steps half the way and then find the switch. So did this house just belong to an evil dwarf? <laughs> Maybe. There, it's possible. Uh, you walk down the steps, and there's another door that leads outside. From the basement. Uh, that was boarded shut, but I broke it open one time. Uh, my roommates locked me out of the house. They thought I was gone for the night. I was not. It was winter, <laughs> so I was tired. I couldn't get into the house, so I just trudged through the snow, got to the basement door, smashed it open, didn't realize it was nailed shut, and then I never could get it to close properly after that. Did you sleep in the basement? No. Uh, the basement, I mean, is connected to the rest of the house, and the inside doors weren't locked. I thought at some point you had to break into your own house. Yeah, I'm surprised it was only once. So, uh, as you walk down the basement, the first thing you notice is the the furnace, and there's about a hundred metal pipes coming out of it. It's like it's like a Satan's octopus. It's just all over the house. <laughs> it looks like something Freddy Krueger would have like thoroughly enjoyed having. It's like you have a fucking Guillermo del Toro boiler room in your house. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it seemed like. Uh, there's a bunch of mouse traps, some fly paper in the corner, a bear trap. Yeah, and, and we moved in. There was a mason jar sitting out on the counter filled with a red goo. <laughs> and it was kind of a pulp. It wasn't just a goo. It was like pulpy. It was kind of like, you know, if uh, maybe tomato strings or human heart. It's but just blood. a red. Just admit it was blood. You know yeah, what it was. There's a red goo. Someone mentioned it to Don the landlord and eventually disappeared. <laughs> they knew too much. <laughs> That's my red goo, boy. Don't you be messing with my red goo. Question, was there a fetus floating in the, with a devil's backbone? I didn't shake it to find out, but I would not have been surprised. Uh, as you walk through the basement, you come along another room, and you open that door, and all of a sudden the floor is dirt. <laughs> and there's bricks along the walls. Like, this is a completely different house that got built over top of this basement section. And that's where the Native American shaman is buried. There's a huge old antique boiler from like 1900 sitting in there, walled in with con uh, uh, bricks. Once again, they're just building houses on top of houses. The last time I was in there, I found a Zippo lighter just like laying on the ground. I you know flicked it open. I swear I heard something scuttling in the walls. Oh my god! So I basically like flipped the Zippo shut. I, I put it back down just to the left. But to make the basement more interesting for the next people that move in. I, I took a mannequin head, because I got a bag <laughs> in my trunk. Okay, back up, back up, back up. Cody, how did you come across a bag of mannequin heads? I was helping one of my buddies move out of his apartment, and he was going to throw out a bag of mannequin heads. He's like, I've got... Why did he have a bag of mannequin heads, Cody? Why are you, are you so blase about this story? Yeah, I have a bag of mannequin heads in the back of my car. Uh, okay, so his sister used to work at, like, a, you know, a hair salon. So she had mannequin heads, I guess, and she gave him to Ryan. Ryan said, I don't know what I'm going to use these for. I'm going to throw them out. And I said, you can't throw out a treasure like that. How often do you get mannequin heads? <laughs> I see your logic. 
Yeah. So I took the mannequin heads and I put them in my trunk, knowing full well I would have an opportunity to use them at some point in the future. Because you're Clayface. <laughs> so I take one of these mannequin heads out. It's got hair. It's got. It's painted. It looks fairly lifelike. So it's not weird or anything. So I, I figured this mannequin head would be like the perfect thing to leave behind in Derp House. Like that's my mark on this house. Your legacy. Yeah. So I take this mannequin head downstairs and I bury it into the dirt floor of the basement. Except for I leave a little bit of the eye poking out, maybe a quarter of the face. So, you know, whoever's down in the basement next, if they're paying attention, they look at the floor, they're just going to see a human eye staring back at them in a lump of dirt hanging out of the ground. I've seen photos of this. It's just as horrifying as you can imagine. It's scarier in real life, to be honest. Somewhere there's a podcast where someone is talking about the mystery of the fucking human eye in the, in the dirt. Cody, has it ever occurred to you that the reason Derp House is the way it is is because every former tenant has done what you've done? You're just repudiating the cycle of violence. I, I kind of I wonder about stuff like that, yeah. You're no different than a kid who gets beat on and beats on his own kid as an adult man. You're doing that. You have to break that cycle. You have to See, rise above it. It's like, for the next tenants, I'm going to leave a mason jar full of red goo. No one doesn't know what it is. I wish more people did my other hobby, which is where you take coins and you hide them in places where you know people probably won't check, and then you go back several years later and you see if the coin's still there. What is it with you and change? That's like that's like your idea of like a nest egg, right? You just bury coins all over the world, so you never know when you'll need it. Yeah, like I did that with a I did that with a dime the last time I was at Derp House. There was a there's an old picnic table out on the yard, so I just wedged this dime in between the front legs. So like. If you look closely, you can see it, but you got to be looking for it. Why would anybody be looking for it? Exactly. That's the thing. The only person who would be looking for it is that son of a bitch dime man. He's setting up a trap. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> so I, I hope in a couple of years I can go back and pull that dime out and just be like, it's still here. Cool. <laughs> or if it's gone, how amazing would that be? Someone found it. <laughs> Someone needed change at some point. <laughs> they needed that badly. Uh, one time. balance to the universe. You hit somebody's time. crack. <laughs> but uh, but uh, here's a good story for the basement. People were creeped out by the basement. We had to like convince people to go down there. So one time people took a tour. They were having a party at their house, and people took a tour of the basement. The basement's not very big, so I knew I didn't have a lot of time. I run upstairs while they're going down, throw on my scream costume, <laughs> grab my fake knife, run back downstairs, and just as the basement door is opening, I reach the bottom of the stairs where the basement door is, and I thrust the knife out to fake stab the person in line, the first person opening the door. So I fake stab, and the girl who opens the door just, like, screams, fake screams, and then just falls back, just, like, in a faint. And luckily there were people behind her to catch her, so she didn't roll down the stairs and die. But it was just, oh, it was such a good reaction. <laughs> that time you almost killed that lady. <laughs> it was so good. What, what happened if she had a heart condition? You think about uh, that? Uh, it would have been funnier. There's nothing, I mean, hmm. this house has possessed you. Exactly. Your pranks go too far, man. I don't, well, just because it was a fake silver knife that you stab people with doesn't mean anything. I'm so glad that you got to finally fulfill your dream of becoming Ghostface for a night. I did. It was amazing. Huh. Why the oh, we also, gonna... I forgot to mention, we had a smoke machine sitting in the house, so sometimes we just turn the smoke machine on and just leave it running. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> Well, one of my old roommates brought it for a party, and he just left it because he didn't live there. So we just had a smoke machine. He never picked it up. So we just played with it, and he left plenty of the, the fog oil or whatever you want to call it. So we just had the fog machine run. Also some strobe lights. He brought strobe lights. So we kind of have like a mini rave. If you feel like celebrating, you just turn on the fog machine, run the strobe lights, and just sit back. Yeah, that was more or less it. One of my, two of my roommates had morph suits, so they'd put them on on occasion and just kind of dance around. Your college years were some kind of David Lynch movie. So that, that's more or less Derp House in a nutshell. There's there's so much I can't tell or can't remember or have repressed. Before we move on, I remember you telling me the story of when your parents came to visit. Oh, yeah, okay. So, my roommates did a lot of drugs. <laughs> that wasn't Wait, what at this point. Story. I love that. So, my roommates did a lot of drugs, and uh, I, I won't say who, which ones, whatever, I don't know. Did you just say it? The police listened to the podcast. Um, no, actually, I didn't do any drugs there, which, besides drinking. Not there. Uh, was its own drug. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, could you imagine going on an LST trip in Derp House? You would no, they did that outside of the house. That was a very upsetting experience. <laughs> I, I didn't get invited to the LSD Fest, and then one of the guys had an out-of-body experience when he got home, and he passed out naked on the floor. <laughs> and I didn't know this had happened, so I just, like, heard a guy fall over and went, Ha-ha, Ryan! And then I looked out my door, and there was just a naked guy on the floor. Oh, God, was the house created? Yeah. So I put a towel around him, and I thought he was dead. So I got the other roommates out, and eventually he kind of came back around. Oh, best Christmas ever. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that was a bad night. It's weird. What story was I telling? About your, your parents showing up. Oh, okay. So drugs. One, one of the guys decides smoking marijuana is too much effort, and he wants to distill it into a liquid. Because this is a house of science. <laughs> so you can, you can basically boil marijuana, I guess, into a vodka mixture, and then you get an eye drop. And you just, you drop it into, you can either swallow some of it or you can just, you know, put it on your eye and you'll absorb the marijuana that much faster, apparently. So basically your, your roommate made marijuana tea. Yes. Like, it was just, the idea is, like, a couple drops of this stuff would be way more powerful than a couple of joints. So it would last much longer and be much easier to conceal, use, whatever. Apparently it tasted like dirty bong water, though. I imagine it would. Yeah. The other problem, it... Basically stunk up the entire house like burning corn mixed with pot. Like, just that skunky smell. So, my roommate's doing this, and, like, the next day my parents are coming for a visit. So, my whole family walks into the house, and my dad goes, Smells like drugs in here. (laughs) Have you been smoking drugs in here, young Cody? (laughs) So, I'm like, oh, no. And my sister immediately goes, no, they're just disgusting people. It just smells disgusting in here. She's not wrong. Well, she wasn't wrong. And my dad goes, well, fair point. <laughs> and we were saved. <laughs> what would he have done? I mean, so what if it smelled like drugs? What's he going to do, arrest you? I didn't realize your father was a sniffing. Uh, probably wouldn't out. have cared, but I'm, you know, I've been always straight-laced, so I, I, it'd just be a weird situation for me. Probably. Like, he sat down in the room. We depended on you, Cody. You were the straight one. You were the best of us. <laughs> it was like he sat down in the living room and he kicked a box. And we had a towel over the box to hide the contents, and it was just filled with all the empty booze bottles that we had finished. Because <laughs> you can't throw anything away in that house. They were trying to collect all of them, yeah. Like, all the beer bottles in the world? They weren't beer bottles, they were like jugs of vodka, Captain Morgan, and all that kind of stuff, you know? So there, there wasn't any beer in there, it was just every other type of alcohol. So he kicks in, he's like, so what's in here? And he pulls the, the towel off. Oh, looks like you guys were drinking. And we're all like, ah, 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 oh no. Because at this time, I think we're all underage. And he basically goes, eh, whatever. But, now the drugs, he draws a line in marijuana. I don't, I don't know how much he'd care about the drugs. <laughs> I wasn't actually doing... Once. I wasn't actually doing any of the drugs, so it wasn't like I had anything to be ashamed of, but the odds of him believing me if I said that are probably slim. I don't believe you. You were in the next room. Excuse me, folks, some people are trying to study. <laughs> some people just get how. Then you smoke your pipe. <laughs> you on some of those sweet, sweet pennies. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet copper. So basically, yes, that's a, that's a glimpse inside of what my college years were like. Derp House was a very strange place. It's a glimpse inside the world of Cody. I'm not sure I want to go back, to be honest. No, that's the I shared that memory palace with you. You've got it forever now. That's I'm, one of your rooms. I'm pretty sure that um, your descriptions of the houses, essentially what would happen if four hoarders live together in, in the house. That would be Derp House. Derp House. In the middle of the street. Derp House. Why's that fucking mannequin in the ground? Ah! I don't know what I'm going to do with the other four mannequin heads. <laughs> just wait. Keep them in the back of your car. There will be a time and a place. They are in the back of my car. I just don't know what to do with them. Someone suggested target practice, like I just, just take them out to the shooting what, range. I just imagine what would happen to you if you, like, in your car wreck and the police found, like, your dead body scattered with the mannequin heads all What the fuck was this guy into? I was joking about that. Like, if I ever get pulled over and they decide to search me and they just open a trunk and the the garbage bag they're in now has holes in it, so they're just going to see, like, little pieces of eye, hold, hold, you know, <laughs> holding out of it. Just imagine your dad surveying the crime scene and be like, eh, that's about right. <laughs> That's how we always expected him to go. <laughs> so, that is how you would fucking die, too, surrounded by mannequin heads. This is a good death. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> and on that note, Matt, I believe you had something to bring up. 
I have no idea. I can't <laughs> I don't know. That was the Matt pre-Dirk House. I've been reborn as a new person now. A scummier, slimier person. This is Staghead, Matt. I've seen the worst humanity has to offer, and I'm changed. Um, what was I going to say? You said there was something relating to the Modoc mug to bring this all back to the first part. Bring this back around. Um, as we discussed uh, last time, or the time before that, I can't remember anymore. Uh, that's how much that story has changed me. But uh, <laughs> um, as I've talked before, I moved to a new county, new place. The county I'm living in. It's a lot like the previous place I lived in. Uh, there's really only one town, but there's like a bunch of tiny, small communities like around it, like places that have like four or five hundred people. Each is a sovereign nation. Yes. Um, there's one of these towns that I've heard about and known about for years, but it didn't click with me till a couple of weeks ago when I was going through it. But there's a town in McCormick County, South Carolina. You can look it up all you want to. <laughs> I'll believe you. I'll it, believe you. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not doing it for you. I'm for James. You know, he's the, he's the Dalton Thomas over there. I have my reasons. Doesn't believe I exist, apparently. But there's a town in South, in McCormick County, South Carolina, happens to have the name, of all things, Modoc. <laughs> the town of Modoc. And the only difference is it's spelled with a C instead of a K. So, so, uh, what are the letters standing for? Oh, no, this is not... Apparently, what's weird about it is it's named after a tribe of... Ah, oh, you're cutting out. You said a tribe of... Native Americans. What else, what else would have a tribe? A tribe of white people? No, there's a tribe of Native Americans known as the Modoc people. And the weird thing is that they're from California. <laughs> they're not indigenous to South Carolina, but apparently... Um, they went on vacation there once, and they had a hell of a time. Well, that's actually what happened. There was these things in California called the Modoc War, where a bunch of them got captured. And as tend to happen in American history, you know, Cody, having read about James K. Polk, the Indians were um, forced first to go to Oklahoma. Oklahoma didn't want them, so the only place I would take them was South Carolina. So they come to South Carolina in the, I think, the late 1800s. Everyone in South Carolina was very welcoming. No one, no one, you know, got smallpox and died. Yeah. It was very nice. It's yeah. like how South Carolina is the most Isley of America. <laughs> it really is, believe me. Wait, are you calling Native Americans scum and villainy? No, no, no he's calling the white people that, and I would agree. Yeah, the Native Americans are the headbutt people playing the song. And the black, <laughs> and the black people are the droids of the cantina. James K. Polk is, of course, the one-armed walrus man. He doesn't like Mexicans. I don't like them either. <laughs> Everyone in the place has agreed. <laughs> okay, man. I'll, I'll be careful. <laughs> You'll be dead. You'll be annexed by the United States. No! Not again! <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, supposedly uh, this town, which now has, as of the last census, 256 people. None of them are listed as Native Americans, so the Indians had good sense to get the hell out of there. Quality was good. They were all bioengineered by AIM. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm secretly convinced that uh, it's AIM campground down there because there's really nothing down there. There's the sign Modoc, and there's like a recreation area, and then there's a racetrack. There's a Modoc racetrack. That's the only thing that's down there. Have you ever been tempted to Photoshop your face onto a lawn chair next to that sign? No, I have thought about actually getting out and taking a picture. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. To prove, again, like like last time, I had to actually prove my identity to James' aunt, so I want to prove that this place exists. <laughs> it's real. That's how I felt about Return to Oz. Like, I had to prove to people for years that it was a real thing. <laughs> Same here. I thought I thought Return to Oz was some kind of fever dream I had. For That's the best way to describe it, yeah. As a kid, I thought I saw this, but it can't be real. <laughs> That's what I thought when I went through Modoc. I like to think that's like Metropolis, Illinois, with their Superman statue. They have a statue of Mode. <laughs> Somewhere is down there. Mechanical organism designed only for country. If they kept the K, they could have said clan. Because there's was apparently a clan problem in McCormick County back in the day. So uh-huh. Shocking no one, of course. Fascinating. But terrible. Like most things about Southern history. Yes. Um, speaking of that, um, I figured because... We have a guest this this time. We do? Yes. Oh, hey, Cody. It'll be the perfect opportunity to play 
that game that is mildly sweeping the nation, I guess you would say. It's sweeping my nation, all right. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is we've only played this once. This will be the second time we play it. The game I'm referring to is, of course, Belt or Bullshit. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. Before we go into it, Cody, are you familiar with the rules of Belt or Bullshit? No. <laughs> you don't listen to this podcast at all, do you? Oh, I got stolen. I was going to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, in this game... Matt. Let me explain. I explain the rules. I'm the host, damn it. You're the contestant. Fun. In this game, Matt <laughs> gives you headlines, and you have to decide if they're actually real headlines that occurred in the South, or if they're fake. If I'm just lying my ass off. Okay. So, that's the long and short of it. Do we have, like, a mix of these, or can I just go, like, bullshit? Well, you can say, you can say, yeah, I mean, you can say whatever you want to. It's a free country, man. I'm putting up the scorecard right now. Right now, the score is zero zero. I will say a headline. You will both say whether you think it is belt. Are we racing or are we? Uh, no, no, you, yeah. you both have equal time to answer. This isn't Jeopardy. It's not can I, can I try and like get uh, James to guess something and then go the opposite way? No. Stop manipulating people, man. All right. I love the defeat in your voice. I'm kidding. <laughs> this game is bullshit. So it's bullshit. <laughs> okay, here we go. Headline one: A Virginia church allows people to worship in the nude. Belt. Or bullshit. Belt. I'm going to have to say belt as well, just because you said Virginia. Judges, it is belt. It actually is a real thing. Um, appropriately called the Whitetail Resort <laughs> in Virginia, <laughs> it's a nudist church. Uh, it's billed as a family nudist community where visitors can enjoy all manner of activities, including spiritual worship, all natural. I don't... Those pews don't seem like they'd be comfortable on. Yeah. Very, well, especially the hygiene would be a problem I would have. Um, the pastor is quoted local ABC affiliate saying uh, about Jesus. When he was born, he was born naked. When he was crucified, he was naked. And when he arose, he left his clothes in the tomb, and he was naked. If God made us that way, how can that be wrong? I like this church. Even though there's been uh, marriage ceremonies where people were naked. One what a bribe would wear then. I'm just afraid to see what Sunday school is like. Oh, God. Okay. That, of course, that one, right, you're both tied. Uh, anyway, face, I'm going to go with bullshit. <laughs> Headline number two. This is a state, southern uh, adjacent, old south, as I've called it before, uh, in the state of Missouri. A politician is working to make Missouri's official state greeting the high five. Is that belt or bullshit? I'm going to go with bullshit just because this isn't 1997. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I want to also say bullshit, but because we already have one that says that, we know with belt. Road less traveled. Stop trying to be a game show hipster, Cody. Judges? It's belt. It's actually a real thing. What? What? <laughs> Missouri <laughs> State House Bill... 1624, uh, who was put in by a lady named Courtney Allen Curtis, House Representative. She wants to make the high five the official greeting of the state. Uh, she said, quote, it's necessary, uh, and it's not a waste of time because it promotes solidarity, and that's what we need in order to work together to improve Missouri. So there you go. You want to so, balance budgets, you want to uh, reduce deficit, start high fiving. So, so when you say high five, do you mean an actual high-five, or is this like a hail kind of deal? This well, is this first step in becoming neo-Nazi dictatorship. I just imagine the two hands would have to clasp together for it to be a high-five. I mean, I guess it does make sense. I mean, Missouri is like 20 years behind in pop culture. <laughs> I know, it's pretty cool. They just got Allie McBeal. In the state of Georgia, a former football coach was arrested at a Board of Education meeting for assault and battery when he threatened the life of a Board of Education member. Belt or bullshit? Mm. I- I'm going to go with belt, just because that seems like it happens every Tuesday here. Yeah, it, uh, it almost seems too likely. I'm going to go with bullshit. Judges? It's belt. It actually Dang. happened. It happened in Lincoln County, my former county. 
the winners high school football coach in Georgia just two weeks after he retired uh, tried to attack a board of education member for insulting his son. Because Light is just imitating Southern bastards at this point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> of course, Larry Campbell, a.k.a. Coach Euless Balls. Um, according to Lincoln County School and Superintendent Brian Campbell, uh, who is also the coach's son, uh, people were at the Board of Education meeting, uh, and they were kind of disparaging the coach uh, and his son, the superintendent, and uh, him being the proud father that he is. He, uh, he grabbed one of the individuals by a shirt collar and threatened to kill him. So he was arrested, uh, no comment from him, and he was released on bail. So... Um, yeah, good to see he's channeling all that uh, aggressiveness positively since he got retired. So I can't wait to see his face on a stamp. <laughs> all right, it's two to two now. Oh God! Oh God! This is it's the tiebreaker. I can't take this kind of pressure. Cody, no! Pull this penny out of your mouth. He's <laughs> committing copper side. <laughs> <laughs> the final news story, also from the state of Georgia. A Georgia teen goes on a spending spree after a bank error puts $31,000 in his bank account. Belt or bullshit? Uh, I'm going to go with bullshit, just because that sounds awfully similar to the 1995 Disney movie, Blank Check. <laughs> uh, blank Check. Of course, well, Tom Arnold's best movie. We all know this. Was he uh, in Blank Check? Was it Sinbad? Nobody knows. No, no, no. Uh, you're thinking of was it President's Daughter or whatever? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking of these films like that. Something about hanging out with a little kid just makes me think of either Tom Arnold or uh, Sinbad. Are you thinking of Jingle All the Way? Jingle All the Way, yes. Exactly. I'm Tubal Man. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh, Sinbad. What's he up to these days? I don't know. I will say this: he's not running around spending thirty-one thousand dollars. I really hope he's prepping a jingle, a jingle all the way to Jingle Harder. <laughs> Where he gets out Turbo, of prison wanting revenge. Turbo Man is back and it's ironic now. So all the older people are after it, not the kids. Okay, so uh, uh, James, you're going with uh, bullshit? Bullshit. Then I will take belt. God damn you, sir. Judges. We can't have a tie end in a tie. That'd be crazy. It's belt. Woo! Defeated at your own game, sir. Damn you, Mr. McIntosh. <laughs> Just imagine me smoking my pipe in victory. <laughs> Sipping your Modoc mug. <laughs> no, not after last time. <laughs> <laughs> it betrayed you. But, um, yeah, this happened uh, just outside of Athens, according to a report in the Athens paper. The teenager, 18 years old, managed to withdraw $20,000 in cash and spent 5000 with with his debit card. In the 10 days between the, when the mistake was made and when he realized, when the man he was supposed to go to realized his money was missing. So Only 5000 in 10 days? That's a marvelous no, no, no. He, well, he, for a child. He spent $5,000 in 10 days, but then he withdrew 20 of it in cash, presumably spending most of it. Um, oh, okay. What I was going to say, like, he does realize there's Amazon out there, right? <laughs> and did you, did you just blow up the Xbox Live marketplace? I'm going to buy so many custom skins. I'm going to have all the avatars. I'm looking like the report really doesn't say what he uh, what he spent on. Can I guess hookers and blow? I was going to say drugs. Mm. That seems like the obvious one. Actually, that could be like a good way to start off. Like you buy a ton of drugs and then resell them, become a dealer, and you make so much money off this. Wow, Cody, you are a financial genius. People well, I mean, it's it's a good investment to start off his career. He could have had a bright future if he played that right. If only he'd come to you. Nick, oh, me, the penny man. Okay, uh, backstory. I found another article they mentioned that uh, he made purchases at a car dealership, which I would imagine what that is, a big box retailer, grocery stores, and fast food restaurants. So he was living... Surprisingly, he spent all the money at the fast food place. He was living midway on the hog, I guess. But he was, of course, arrested um, for, I guess, stealing... I don't know what you'd call. Although, to be fair, it was the bank's problem. I mean, I know he should have said something, but yeah. what was he supposed to do? But uh, regardless, the money back over. Regardless, Cody, you have won this round of filter bullshit. Tell James, tell him what he's won. 
Just give us your name, address, and credit card number. And <laughs> six to eight weeks from now, you'll receive a plain white envelope filled with grits. Doesn't this seem a little sketchy? Like, shouldn't I have to give my social security number two or something? Oh, that'll come later. You think you could mail us, <laughs> mail us two forms of picture ID in your U.S. passport? Well, you, you think that you can just carry around grits in the north? you got to register that shit. I saw a grits for sale at a restaurant one time, and I was too confused to even buy them. You gotta. You, you may have to make a mission to go back to that store and buy some grits. Is that just confusing? I don't know. I don't trust anything called a grit. It doesn't sound like something that should be in between your teeth. You know what I don't trust? Someone last name Alf. Those shady motherfuckers who didn't like Germany and France. Well, that's true enough. So. That makes perfect sense. I'd stab you in the back first chance I got. See, look, see how those Germans are? And you thought I was being racist, James. At this point, after four hours of podcasting, we've come to the conclusion that Cody is the cheesehead son of a bitch. Well, I think we did that with, with all, our, all our guests. It can't be an episode without us cussing out, I guess. So. To be fair, I did spend about four hours telling you about my shitty college house. You probably had stories, too. No, no nothing happened this month. Well, I'm, I'm, I got accepted into college my own self, but, you know, that's not a problem. <laughs> You're going to Harvard now. I am the son of a bitch. He had breaking news. I'm like, no, fuck that. I have to tell I, you about the you time he found just, mold in the fridge. I'm just, I'm just better myself. But please, tell me about all those mason jars. I'm going to CrossFit. I'm getting better. <laughs> well, we have five more minutes left. What's been going on with you, Matt? No, nah, that's fine. Don't worry. Okay, moving on. I, I'll save it for next month. <laughs> if there's just when next it's just month. You, when it's just you and I, James. Back when it's OG below the Bible Belt. I think I think this episode has proved that my suspicion and hatred of Yankees is justified. Alex was just the exception that proved the rule. Now, before we leave, Cody, can you do us the honor... No. <laughs> ...of giving us an appropriate Cody Alf send-off, which would be uh, listing all of the other fine podcasts available on the Pulp Podcast Network? Don't shill. Don't, don't do it. You don't need to do this. You respect... You are saying I'm not going to sell out and tell you about the fine, fine, fine shows on the PPN. That's the Pulp Podcast Network, where you can find such classics as the podcast you're listening to right now, Below the Bible Belt, hosted by James and Matt. Oh, yeah. Who we might have been talking to is mostly me. I'm not part of the show. Ignore the man behind the curtain. There's also my podcast, which involves Let's Talk About the South, and occasional talk about film, and that's box office pulp. Oh yeah. There's the newest podcast from the PPN, Hercules versus the Podcast, which oh, should have a second episode at some point in the future, hopefully, if we just annoy James enough. <laughs> Try. I like to convince myself I'm the executive producer for this show, even though I had nothing to do with this creation. So I, I like to think it's my responsibility to just goad them as much as possible. So, so you're sort of like the John Peters of this production. You, you did some hair once upon a time, now you think you run things. Series initiated by Cody Alf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, inspired by. So anyways, if you want more Hercules vs. the Podcast, send letters to your congressmen, your senators, your wives, your neighbors, your dogs, your pets, your imaginary friends, and mostly send comments to James Lewis. James, do you want to give me your address so they can just send the letters to your house, or is this a Facebook deal? Uh, send them all to Facebook. I have uh, mondofunky at gmail.com. <laughs> you can get all the spam. We also have Pulp Nightmare, the show that started it all, not featuring anyone currently talking or has been talking for the last 30 minutes. So it can rot in hell. <laughs> the last 30 minutes, did Mike and Andy come in before? No, no, I just, I couldn't remember how many hours it was. I kind of blacked oh, out. Oh, you're the only one. Don't worry. Speed got done after that. I lost interest. <laughs> I've been watching the menu for like the last hour here. And it's like, oh man, I should have just restarted the film. Keanu Reeves looks so intense. I'm, so, I'm just so disappointed you didn't put on Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> I was about to say, this is Speed 1 territory. None of that Cruise Control bullshit. I don't even own that one, which is weird, because I normally get whole sets. You don't have Speed 3 where they're in a Zeppelin? <laughs> That's the prequel. I would so watch that. If the Zeppelin gets below six nights, people will die. What if Speed followed the Tremors franchise? Like, the first one's the bus, which would be like a Graboid. The second one was like Crotch Rocket, Hang Gliders. And the fourth one could be the prequel where they're on a train. <laughs> There's a curve coming up. We have to slow down. No. We can't. There's ye old Keanu Reeves. 
Who looks exactly like E now, Keanu Reeves. I like producer Cody. He has great ideas. I like his notes. I'm slowly turning this into an episode of Box Office Pulp. We can just take the ending of this and turn it into the next episode. (laughs) Are those the only podcasts we have, Cody? There's probably about a hundred more, but I don't remember them, nor do I listen. You know, there's also Conjectural Combat. Aw, yeah. Aw, yeah. Oh yeah. When's the next episode of that coming out? The next time history is made. Never. But if you enjoyed this podcast, or any of the ones we mentioned, or any of the other ones we didn't mention that are part of the PPN, then you're a good person and I like you. And if you don't, then you're my foe. We'll fight later. He'll bury you in the basement. There'll be a real head next to the fake head. (laughs) And four other fake heads, because I don't know what to do with them. Well, until the South rises again. Actually, sorry, that gives me a great idea to use the test for. Damn it, we can't let (laughs) this get... So, okay, okay. So I've got five big mannequin heads. I'm pretty sure that and went to hell. If I find one of my foes, I can decapitate them and mix their head in with the fake heads. Okay, that's mannequin head. Pulls out a second one. Oh, these are all mannequin heads. He's not going to check everyone's. Okay, you can just shut the show out now. I'm just sharing my murder knowledge in case other people want to try stuff. Not that I condone murder. Don't do it.